Thank you for listening to the Something Significant podcast brought to you by HappyLiving.com. Something Significant is the popular series where Matt Gersper, a.k.a. Mr. Happy Living, interviews ordinary people doing extraordinary work in the world. Here at Happy Living, we define significance as doing something you love and creating something of value to others. We believe the pursuit of significance is a foundation of health because it brings meaning, focus, and purpose to your life. Today we welcome Talia Frazier. We do apologize for the audio quality today, but we really enjoyed this interview and hope you do as well. Welcome back to the Something Significant podcast. Today you're going to meet the incredibly inspirational Talia Frazier. And Talia is on fire. Mother wellness, doer champion, guru coaching, fitness speaking, life replenisher, jewel faith, peace lord, Talia. A do things for a reason beyond yourself kind of human. A cry, pray, scream, sing, health triumph kind of gal. A truth, word, divinity soul. Talia. She encourages us to look at every trial in our life and see how we can make it a stepping stone for others. Wow! See the awesome work she does uplifting children with rare and undiagnosed medical conditions for cc4c.org. See how she empowers women to discover, rest, and connect at her Flourish Weekends retreats. Talaya, get to know her. Hey, Talaya, welcome to the Something Significant podcast. Oh, it's so nice to be here today with you. I'm excited to share my story. Well, me too. Ever since uh, we got uh, news that you were going to be featured as a, uh, one of the charities at Paleo FX, um, and Michelle and Keith introduced me to you, I've been excited to have you on the show. So, um, again, welcome. And maybe you can start off by just telling us a little bit about yourself and how you got to where you are today. Well, I am um, a mother of two beautiful children, and I've been married over 22 years. Um, I had Talai Ann, who is now 17, and then Cheyenne, who is now 13. And through the trials of um, Cheyenne facing an undiagnosed condition in um, what we faced then led to the creation of the charity, uh, Cheyenne's Champions for Children, cc4c.org. And so that is why I'm speaking today. I think it's just that trial to triumph and um, using that to hopefully better the lives of others. Well, that's great. And to, there's a, a few other things I did a little research on you. And so you're you're the managing director, the founder of CC4C. That's correct. I'm founder and executive director. Executive director. And then you also run, tell us a little bit about Flourish Weekend Retreats. Okay. So um, I guess to backtrack a little bit through uh, the foundation when I created that 
you know, I was constantly working um, in connecting. First, it was my my own daughter trying to find a diagnosis and seeking ways of wellness that were outside the box because we realized when it's undiagnosed condition, um, you have to seek outside of the normal realms of nutrition and doctors and therapies. And once that happened and over the last six years, well, first when she was well and then I founded CC4C and continued this network of partnerships to um, hopefully find healing for the other children now that we serve within the charity. I realized from speaking um, to donors or other mothers of, you know, the children we serve um, to even myself, that there were times when, as a woman, um, we wear many hats and you're completely depleted um, emotionally, physically, spiritually, and a lot of times even, you know, financially. And so that mm-hmm. I myself trying to retreat <laughs> and I would go to retreats and say, well, it deals with all the physical side, but I wish there was more of the education and healthy food or it has all of that. But I wish there is more physical or I was learning want to connect. And so through trying to find retreats myself where I could restore, I finally realized that I had all the resources at my fingertips and that um, maybe it was just something I could create. And so with Flourish Weekends, what we do is we bring in the top wellness um, advocates. In fact, one is going to be speaking today, uh, this coming paleo, Dr. Uh, Ryan Brisinger. So I'll bring somebody in like him for Q&As. We do cooking courses that are um, interactive. So it's like gluten and dairy-free, paleo, um, you know, maybe focused on paleo or focused on different areas. We bring in different types of fitness courses. We bring um, things to help emotionally. So we um, have life coaches there and a specialist in positive psychology. So what are some things you can do when you're feeling stressed or depressed or your children are. And so we do learn some of those tools as well as have time to learn maybe about essential oils or we bring in a closet organizer, something that's just kind of touching each area of wellness and giving women a time to enjoy Fredericksburg, Texas or wherever they want us to bring the retreat to them to restore. And so really it just came out of personal experience and out of needs of what I saw in mothers we serve with children that are ill and many of our donors that hold corporate jobs that are um, they're depleted as well. That's very cool. I didn't hear the speakers that you gala. mentioned. Yeah, this we just had our gala um, this past Sunday and raised over $600,000 for these children. So it was really touching, but I tried something different and I wanted to just put a Flourish Weekends retreat up in the live auction. That was a, we're donating um, for all the mothers we serve. And we just wanted to see if somebody wanted to just be the sponsor of it. So basically I've already donated that and we're bringing all of this, um, this experience for two days to every single mother we serve and it sold for $20,000. So it shows that people believe they're, for it and they just wanted to give and bless these mothers so I'm really really excited about holding one of these um, as a gift to nurture and replenish these mothers yeah that was exciting news I, I saw that in the email you sent me uh, yeah. you mentioned a doctor who was the speaker I didn't hear his name uh, Frisinger. Frisinger he's a 
the well-known yeah geneticist and so he's um going to be speaking at paleofix he's actually now a partner of ours and so he not only is seeing our children but um, i just truly believe women are the wellspring of information they like to talk they like to share they like to connect and so um, he's coming alongside for our retreats and we have him at each of ours so people can have personal time, just a Q&A before maybe taking the next step to having a one-on-one, um, you know, appointment with him. This allows them just to have time with him and, and have a, a Q&A. So he will be at our May 5th and 6th retreat um, that's open to women to come to and register. And then also in June, we're holding the special retreat that I was just telling you about that was um, a live auction item. And so he'll be there for all the CC4C mothers. So we're really excited about that. That's great. The Is the May 5th and 6th that's open to the public? It is open to the public. So if somebody was interested, how would they find you? Um, our website is flourishweekends.com and um, there they can find all the other all the information. Um, we also have had different um, groups reach out to us from corporate, you know, leadership teams that want to have, have time to maybe have some of their their meeting time, as well as another way to have team building. So we have hosted. Aside from what's just listed on our website, we hold different retreats based on, around their time. We've had different women's groups come. Um, and then we have a mother-daughter retreat that is for women um, and their daughters ages 13 and up. So we have 46-year-olds, and sometimes we'll have 13-year-olds and their 40-year-old mothers. It just depends. And that's in October. Hmm. You're a very busy lady. Oh, <laughs> Well, I guess it's better so, to be busy than bored, right? But, you know, I... Yeah, that's right. Did I also <laughs> see that you're in the jewelry business? <laughs> well, yeah, I guess it all kind of weaves together. The jewelry business is what um, actually got my husband and I through school as we married in college. And um, my parents had founded it in New Mexico and had the business. So they would ship us jewelry and then we would sell every single weekend at different events and it continued to grow but then um once Cheyenne um became ill I had to go strictly online because my life was pretty much just focused on trying to find um, an answer for her and then once she was healed and I started CC4C and knowing really what a 501c3 was, I thought maybe I was just going to be able to do some fun events and raise some money for kids. I had no idea what it would grow into. Um, and it, you know, took over my life um, for a very good reason. But um, so then it continued to just stay online. And it's amazing how it has continued to grow. Um, in fact, at our gala, I designed a special Wings of Refuge bracelet and necklace that's on our website, and um, it went to all the members that gave it a certain level. So mm. I guess it comes, comes around full circle, and now my girls are kind of carrying the torch with that business, and um, they sell, and my daughter was able to buy half her first car and give proceeds back to um, the children's shelter here where teens are abused um, for it takes care of the babies of teens that are abused. So it's all kind of working together. You never realize how God interweaves all the different things that happen in our life to serve his people that need it. Yeah. And, and you just 
um, cleared something up for me when I was looking at the jewelry website and reading a little bit about it. It looked like um, it was uh, Cheyenne and Talila's mom started the business. And I'm thinking, wait a second, are, I didn't know if they were talking about you or your mother. Yeah. So, uh, but so the girls are actually running. It was it was your girls talking about you. And in fact, your parents also got you into the business then. That's right. So my parents married and had me at age 19 and didn't know what they were going to do. <laughs> and they started the business. And so it's been, you know, 44 years that it's been a family generational business passed on. And now their little granddaughters are carrying it. And That's you know awesome. what I think is it was actually my daughter. So she has the same name as me. Talia, um, it was her idea to start using the partnership and partner um, with a certain proceed going to benefit other teen girls. And it was just neat to see that the whole mission part of business um, was really the vision in her heart for jewelry and how to use it for a bigger reason. So it, it's um, really special just to see how sometimes you don't realize you know, the trials that you go through in life, you can use them as a stumbling block or you can use them as a stepping stool. And I feel like through the trial of the Cheyenne is trying to recover and find healing. And then my girls at some point, I felt um, honestly in a role that's, you know, my being as good as I'm working full time with this charity and, and just trying to help other children. Am I not doing my calling as I need as a mom? And then mm. to see them, you know, even in business and things now saying, you know, what can we do to help others? It answered a lot of questions for me because sometimes I was trying to find that work mother balance and um, yeah. to see, you know, how they vision everything is kind of an, a question answered in my heart. Oh, that's, that's really very cool. Um, so, and that also takes me to the idea, uh, the second book I wrote is called Turning Inspiration into Action. Mm -hmm. And one of the, what I really try to study and talk about there is, you know, what does it take to actually transform your life, you know, move it from one place to another. And it seems like a lot of big life-changing things happen from one of two forces, devastation or inspiration. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about, in your case, you had a devastating uh, life event happen with Cheyenne. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about, about that time and, and how going through it, what that was like and then what, I know you've changed a lot in your life from that. And so just share that with your story with our listeners. Well, I think when you have, in my case, I had a little girl that was just a year old and unable to compete, and um, she was eating more than a full-grown man, and in a year didn't grow a millimeter, gain an ounce, and would scream from the time she woke up at five in the morning till we put her to bed, and never stop eating. She'd eat a can of sardines. How, she would. Excuse me. How old was she? How old was she? Um, at nine months old, she was turned over to Dell Children's Hospital. Um, okay. as a drive and between a year and two years, she didn't grow at all or gain, you know, even an ounce. But during that 
time when you have a, a child that's suffering and I was running from doctor to doctor, you know, what is wrong with my child? And the answer is, I don't know. You feel isolated and you feel alone and, and you're afraid. And the bills are continuing to rise. You are running from doctor and therapy, trying to find an answer and nobody, there is no support system. So through that depth, I realized um, I had to turn to the Lord and my relationship with him, I thought was strong until there was nobody else I could turn to. You can turn, I could turn to my husband. I couldn't turn to a doctor. I could turn to no one to save her life. Um, and so my only peace was with him. And it was interesting because that's when I decided to run a marathon um, to cope with the emotional pain and, and run it in honor of Cheyenne. So I don't know if you were able to read more of that story, but um, I ended up, I would train at like 4.30 in the morning before my husband would leave for work, um, 6.30 or 7. And I would run and I would cry and I would pray with all of my heart, God, heal mm -hmm. my sh And I promise to bring glory to your name. So fast forward, you know, I ended up qualifying for the Boston Marathon and that really wasn't my goal. I was just running for a finish line of healing for her. Um, and I found that that physical exercise helped me create uh, or uh, created a release for the emotions I was feeling inside. And it would allow me to cope with the, the stuff I was going through on a daily basis. But I ended up qualifying for Boston um, which, lo and behold, led to con 10 consecutive Bostons. And, um, wow. It, but it all stemmed from, you know, I was running for a child. It, it started with my own yeah. child. After that, I ended up using it um, to run for other children and finished in 2012 on a broken femur, <laughs> running for the very oh first gosh. of the foundation. Um, and all of that, I, I say, like they said, how did you complete, you know, that, that was my sixth Boston marathon. How did you complete on a broken femur? And, you know, I truly had just that little girl in my mind and she was in the hospital and she had been opened from the hip down to her knee because she had a septic infection that was really rare. And she thought she was never going to walk again. And they didn't even know she was going to live. And I promised her I was coming home with her medal. So I was thinking, how could I come back without a medal and tell her my leg was hurting? Mm -hmm. I stopped. And so it just kind of went. And so when I ended up finishing and knowing that my leg broke in the identical location as um, her infection had settled. But it went back to when you do things for a reason beyond yourself, whether it's something physical or the creation of, in my case, it was the charity and you remove yourself from it and you think of the people that need it so much more than you and what you're doing is to serve them, all things are possible. We're so much stronger than we think. If I had been running just because I wanted to run the marathon, I guarantee you I wouldn't have finished. Um, and the charity, I think if I uh, just wanted to create something and there was no little smiling face that I could see and know that, yeah, it's hard whether you're creating a nonprofit or a corporate business or whatever it is. If you don't have a greater reason of why you're creating it, I think it's hard to continue on, whether it's even through devastation or even some of the triumphs. Um, you can do so much more when you have a reason of why you're creating it that's bigger than yourself. Yeah, there's, you know, at um, one of the things that we base this entire interview series on is, and the reason we call it something significant, significant is 
about doing work that you love, and that's great. If you can find work that you love, you consider yourself blessed. But then if you can if you can also be contributing value to others, giving back to others while you're doing that, then that's like the sweet spot of life. And it, it feels good, but it also it's more than feeling good. It gives you it gives you more power, doesn't it? Right. Yeah, that's very, very true. Um, we've even wow. a charity, you know, now that one of the goals is like, you know, I want to empower the youth. And so what can we do? So we put each of these kids that have a rare and diagnosed condition on their dream high school athletic team. So we have little boys, you know, in wheelchairs that are honorary members of state, the state champion football team and little girls that are on cheerleading teams. And um, anyways, we're just getting as many testimonials from even these coaches that are like, please, can we be a champion team for CC4C mm-hmm. to the parents saying, you know, the impact that it's having on my teenager's life. We're allowing them to make an impact. And when you allow the youth to make an impact, it turns even their athletic ability around and what they're, you know, it's not all about them. They're out there for yeah. a child that's watching them on the sidelines that would love to be in their shoes. And I always tell them, you know, you are the hands and feet of a child that would do anything to be out there. So remember that play with all your heart, yeah. practice with all your heart. Um, you can do even better things. And that's what they say. They're like, our performance is 10 times better just because our heart's in the right place. Yeah, it's amazing. That's that's really amazing. Uh, I, I can recall back in my past, um, I was given some advice. It's along the same lines as what you're talking about. It's, it's being grateful, really, truly grateful for what you have. And uh, the quote was, and I, I don't know who it's attributed to. It's, uh, it was a college football coach that said it to me. But the quote is, your day belongs to another's dream. Mm. Wow. I've, I've been walking with that beautiful thing for since I was about 22 years old. Um, and I think about it a lot because, you know, it's easy for us to get caught up and and feeling sorry for ourselves because we're having a bad day. But if you step back and consider, well, what do you mean by, what do I mean by bad? <laughs> you know, and how would I compare that to your, to the children that you're serving? Uh, I haven't had a bad day in my life, according to that. Yeah. And so I think it's a matter of perspective. And it sounds mm-hmm. like that's what you're bringing these these high school kids. Mm-hmm. And that's something that, too, tying it even to the, the retreats, um, you know, is, is bringing us back to that whether it's the mother daughter and teaching them when they're young or, or the corporate woman or the mother dealing with the child that doesn't feel well. Sometimes I, I like to share the story of Cheyenne and that, you know, there's so many people in, even in their state that are dealing with the child that's, that's ill. And I say, look at the impact you are having your child's life now and all these high schoolers and other families are drawn to you now. And, you know, in, in the depths of our situation, sometimes we can even serve those people are um, more humbled and willing to show their, their struggles when, when within the struggle are willing to share about what they're going through. Our beautiful friends at Dry Farm Wines deliver the finest natural lab-tested wines available right to my door. They promise no hangovers and no headaches. They're sugar-free, chemical-free, and delicious. 
and they are the official wines of Happy Living. We love Dry Farm Wines! If you're ready to change your wine, claim your penny bottle at www.happyliving.com forward slash wine. So let's go back to your decision to run a marathon. Why was that your choice of escape? Um, that was my choice of escape because it was really the only time that I had to myself was super early in the morning. And I've always loved to be in the outdoors. Um, I think there's something just very healing about it and exercise to me. Um, I don't know. There's something about running. I I just feel like it's a gift from God. It's something you can do anywhere. (laughs) Mm You can run anywhere. So it Had was you been a runner before? I take her, yeah, I couldn't take her to a you know, a gym. I couldn't I couldn't do anything. I could push her in a jogging stroller. So I think the yeah. reason I took to that was just because I wanted, you know, I've I of course I'm into the health and wellness and I wanted to get my exercise in and it was a time that I could just be under the the stars. And if I needed to cry or I need to pray or I needed to scream or I needed to sing, I could do it. <laughs> and so with the amount of time I had, it allowed me to, I guess, to accomplish a lot physically and emotionally in one. Okay. Well, that makes sense. And had you been a runner before? You know, I had only run like a couple miles here and there. Um, okay. I did start with my older daughter, and I'd been pushing her in a jogging stroller. It's kind of a funny story, but I'd been pushing her in a jogging stroller, and I, you know, would use that time and teach her ABCs, and we'd do all kinds of stuff running around the neighborhood, and I had the FedEx man stop me and say, are you training for something? And I was like, no, and he said, well, you seem like you sure run far. I always see you running, so I was like, I wonder how far I run. I clocked it once, and at one point, I had built up to like 10 miles pushing her, so... Mm. Then when I had Cheyenne, um, you know, that was five years later and started running, I guess I had already kind of built a, a base unknowingly. Um, and then, then I realized how once you hit that certain distance, there's just kind of an adrenaline rush you get. So I think I kind of got addicted to that. Um, and that's, that's kind of... That's where I was heading for this. How long did it take you to find that runner's high? Um... You know, what's bad is I guess I was getting my high once I was hitting that 10 mile mark. And then I decided to run a half marathon. So every time you run, you know, like farther than you need a little farther to go. So I really feel like I that runner's high, like around 10 to 13. Um, yeah. And then of course, once you do a marathon, then, you know, the marathon gives you that high after. Um, but then I guess, you know, I wasn't going to even qual- run Boston after I'd qualified at my, I'd gotten a coach and he said, you have to, people train their whole life. And I was like, there's no way I can is so sick and I don't have time. And he said, and my husband said, you've got to, we will make time. And so that's when I finally decided to run Boston. And, um, and then at Boston, I requalified and then it just led every year. I ended up running for another child and always looked forward to it. And um, I don't know, God had, I think he had that happen because it created another platform for me to share about CC4C, and um, I ended up being on the cover of Runner's World in 2012 um, as running, you know, Boston for children, and and that 
through awareness for CC4C. So um, I guess there's just a bigger plan for me deciding to do that one little marathon. God had another vision of what he was going to use the running career for. Um, and then there's a component within CC4C called the champion teammate. So um, I recruit celebrities, whether it's, you know, in athletics to country music stars to, you know, Miss Texas. Um, they each team with the child and and give them once in a lifetime opportunities. And it all stemmed from I had of being on Runner's World. And hmm. I told them that I'd only shoot Runner's World if they mentioned the little girl that I was running for. Because I said, she needs this more than I do. And so I will shoot the cover as long as you mention little Skylar in it. And she was so elated. Yeah. You're famous. You're in a magazine. And <laughs> you know, I was like, she had to be at the signings and she signed all the runner's worlds. And um, that's really what gave rise to the program that we currently have with NCC4C of matching celebrities with children of rare and undiagnosed conditions and giving them opportunities that other kids don't get to have. You know, it's, uh, it's really amazing that <clears throat> one of the things I write about too is and you're experiencing it, um, I call it the power of the universe. And it's when, when you finally decide to do something uh, and you say, okay, I'm gonna start running and I'm gonna do it for this reason. And you start down that path, then things happen that you could not never have imagined to support you and to pull you along and to, to give you a lift up when you needed or to make a connection. And so that your life ends up, you know, like all the things that you've done, you couldn't have imagined when you started running that first night or that first morning. Right. You're right. So the other thing I noticed, uh, I'm thinking about becoming a country Western star. Uh-huh. And so once well, you... I pull that off, I'll let you know. Yeah, you and should... then maybe I can, <laughs> I can be a champion. Our gala on Sunday night because we had Corey Morrow there and Drew Womack and one of the live auction packages was you got to do a private recording and Drew Womack uh, wrote a song, writes a song with you and then you get to sing two with him and you get your record made and we had a record producer there and <laughs> celebrity photographer so you, you just need to be at our event on Sunday and you'd have been famous. Well, I'll tell you what, once I get this happy living thing under wraps, I'll start that country western. Yeah, career. that's great. <laughs> so uh, one of the things I want to talk with you about is um, something I, I refer to in, in the transformational process as gravity, the gravity that holds the life in place. And the and it's my belief that it's this gravity that um even when we're inspired by something, we can't seem to take action on it because the, the force of the inspiration is not as strong as the gravity holding our life in place. Mm -hmm. And gravity is all the things that you're, we're all familiar with. Um, procrastination, self-doubt, expectations that you might have of yourself or maybe your parents have of you or a boss does, uh, tragedy, worry, all that stuff that tends to to enter our mind when we say, hey, I want to become a writer. And then my mind starts saying, you can't become a writer because of this. Or you can't start a business till I like because you're a woman and there's never been a woman run a business, you know, run a business in our family. Uh, talk about what you would consider the gravity of your life 
what are the things that tend to pop up in your brain that, that stop you? And then how do you overcome that and keep moving forward? That's a great question. Um, one of the things that I probably was the gravity of mine was, um, I always say I was the most unqualified woman <laughs> to have this vision placed within her heart of starting the charity. I didn't have any business, like corporate background, nonprofit background. Um, and so I didn't even know what 501c3 meant. But so I would say the thing that prevented me was fear of, of being unequipped with the skill sets to, to create something like this. But one thing I did have was the passion and the compassion. And I never forgot what it felt like to be standing in my daughter's eyes, um, holding her through a test or seeing her whisk down the hospital corridor um, with her, you know, reaching for my hand, wondering if why mommy was letting her be taken away for exploratory surgery. So what helped me get through the fears of not knowing how to create something was reflecting back to where I was with her. And when mm -hmm. I was told she, there was no answer and I continued to seek and there finally was an answer. And I was told she'd have this rare condition for life. And I continued to seek, even though I was told she'd have it for life, and she's finally completely healed and well. Um, I went back to that. So I, I think I went back to other life experiences, and the main one was with Cheyenne. So with something with her healing, I, I took back to CC4C, and I'm like, even though I am unequipped, I know he will bring the equipped. And they focused on that in one day at a time. And if we help one more child, it's completely worth it. If we help 10 that's even better. Um, and now, you know, we are where we are raising 600,000 for all these children now. Um, so mine was faith, faith that he will bring the equipped and being satisfied for whatever was accomplished that day and never forgetting from where I came from um, with my own experience with Cheyenne. Yeah. So that was especially back when it was, when, when she was still ill, mm -hmm. uh, it must've been so powerful and so, you know, nearly overwhelming. Um, but you just had this inner power because I call it the mama bear power. It really right. would probably have been, you would have done anything, right? You would have done anything. Mm -hmm. uh, how, but it's different today. You don't have that. Now fear big organization <laughs> you're like oh I think probably now sometimes I was like you know it was like I wish I just had like an hour to myself or two hours it's on a business level you know that um <clears throat> and so for now what continues to drive me is my faith I I just continually have to go back to my faith my faith okay me through so many things and knowing that he has me in this position right now because this is where he knows I'm needed and I, I do see some transitions happening with CC4C and now we're able to hire staff and the creation of Flourish Weekends came and that was a time you know every time we had the retreats I feel completely I'm the one putting them on and so I know that he's in control of um, probably this next season of my life I can see CC4C it has 
it's, it's growing. It's, um, continuing to move forward, um, without mama bear. <laughs> and <laughs> I see this need that I've seen within women and I'm seeing flourish weekends flourish now. And I feel like, um, he's going to continue to show me areas to continue to grow that. And, um, my goal with, I think now that I see is knowing that CC for C is rooted and able to sustain without me. I really want to empower more women. I want to empower more teen girls because I really do feel they're the wellspring that will share knowledge, um, and health and wellness with their families and their peers. And I want to create something that um, we can all continue to move forward more balanced and healthy on all levels like we we talked. And I feel like it's a little bit maybe um, God's moving me into a season where I can rest more. And through the weekends, I feel like that's something that I'll get to be able to do. Because I there has been, you know, over the last seven years, just times when I'm I felt depleted too. And, um, Mm -hmm. and I think he's now just turning me into a new seven years, you know, seven's the year of completion. It's amazing that seven years ago is when the seed of the thought of creating CC for C happened. And now I see where we are and now it's kind of flourish weekends has come about. And so I'm anxious to see what he has unfold with that. But I feel very, um, very excited, very peaceful and um, really excited to bring forth all the the relationships and connections that have happened in wellness um, for children suffering with rare, well, you know, rare undiagnosed conditions. Now, be able to use to educate and nurture and um, replenish women in, in the same way. You know, there's. Uh... My, the most recent book that I wrote is called Inspiring Women. And uh, I'm afraid to say you might be in it now because our audio quality here is, is it may not be good enough to make it to the podcast. We're going to try to do it. Okay. Uh, but if it doesn't, if it doesn't, I'm going to write, I'm going to transcribe this and do, okay. it, do it in print and we'll add you to the book, which would be very cool. Um, but in uh, the book, there is a woman that I know you would, you would love. Um, her name is Martha Van Duren, and her and her husband moved from uh, the Netherlands 30 some odd years ago to farm in Zimbabwe. He ended up uh, uh, dying, and so she was there with her family, and she had she tended to her farm, but she, she also started a school and started educating these kids that had no education, and her school has grown much like your charitable organization has grown um, to now she's doing, I think she has like 800 students in the school, but she's Uh, also does special work specifically to train women how to, you know, navigate in this, in this modern world of ours. Uh, So she's very much into empowering children and women to become in a similar way. It's not about, you know, you're overcoming disease and helping families. She's helping them to overcome poverty and and the tragedy of having to be born in a place that's, you know, like we can't even imagine. So uh, I, I think you'd love to read about her. And uh, I'd love to introduce you guys if it, if it ever makes sense. I would love to. That would be fantastic. Well, I didn't know if yeah, you, yeah. I'm going to be speaking at Paleofix too. 
So yes, I saw that. Yeah, I'm going to bring some of these little kids along with me. <laughs> oh, that's great! I look forward to meeting them. There's also a, a movement, uh, also in the book, uh, Inspire Women, is a what lady named uh, Tiffany Schlein, and she's a filmmaker, and she started a movement that I, I know you'd love. Uh, it's called Fifty Fifty. And it's a global effort to bring women up to parity with men across the entire world in terms of economic opportunity and, and respect and all those good things. Wow. So well, that is you know, would, right up your alley with yeah. uh, you know, Flourish Weekends retreats. And so those are two ladies I think I need to connect you with, Martha and Tiffany. Well, you know, it's amazing as I had that idea to stick it as a live auction item. And now I have all the nonprofits reaching out to us <laughs> since then, because that's another, you know, a lot of people have galas and things like that. And they're people that are buying a lot of things at those oftentimes are doing it just for the cause, not necessarily because they want to take another trip or, you know, other right. experiences. But this is a way that some of these nonprofits can make money somebody can sponsor it and it's nurturing women or, you know, within their organization that they're serving in a way that's, that's hard to do. So is, so I was thinking, you know, I never realized now people are going to be reaching out to us for us to do the same thing for whether it's in, you know, cancer or there's diabetes. There's just so many different areas that these nonprofits are serving and they need more live auction items. So you might just be seeing these pop up in more nonprofits. <laughs> that is the, that's the power of the universe working right there. Yeah. And, <laughs> and it extends because uh, I just got off the phone with a, a friend of mine and we are planning a an executive kind of retreat. Oh. Uh, we haven't held any of these before. It's going to be over in La Salle de Girl or Girl Spain about two two hours north of Barcelona in this little oh. tiny mountain town uh, where my friend Joe won his Olympic gold medal back in 1992. Oh. And he's, he's just recently moved back there. And I visited him in January and we're planning this retreat that we're going to call, uh, it's not too different from what you're doing, I think, uh, Disconnect, Immerse, and Transform. Oh, so I heard your I heard your twenty one thousand dollars, and I thought, you know what? I'd love to to donate uh, this for a live auction. Like I just went to the wish the wish ball here in Charlotte, and my wife and I spent way too much money on something only for the sole purpose of giving to the charity. So right. you gave me that great idea, and again, that's just that you just never know where life is taking you. And as you meet people and you're open to new ideas, and you take the step forward and do something, you. You took the risk to say, I'm going to put this in a live auction. I have no idea if it's going to work out or not. And look uh, what happened. Yeah. So that's very, very cool. And, and uh, I wanted to thank you for the idea you gave me. Oh, good. <laughs> so I know we're going to be pushed for time here. Let me um, go to a couple of more rapid fire, okay. fun, easy questions. What's one thing you wish you had known 10 years ago? Um, life isn't as planned. <laughs> That's a good one. 
And so what do you do about it? Life isn't as planned. What if, if you had known that 10 years ago, how would that have changed your life? Live each day like it's your last. Yeah. The relationship, just live each day like it's your last and, and be appreciative. It's, uh, you know, it's simple advice, right? But it's hard to do. Uh, right. I remember reading not too long ago, I read a quote. It says, um, total, uh, total acceptance of yourself brings about total transcendence of yourself. Mm. And I read that and I was in the right mental mindset to, to accept it. And I had the thought, why don't we completely accept ourselves? Right. Yeah. Okay. What's one hope you have for the next 10 years? One hope is to see Flourish Weekends continue to expand and women and teens touched. Um, my hope is to see CC4C continue to stain and uh, see miracles of healing in the children we serve. And to see my girls married and mm -hmm. continuing uh, more free time with my husband in Telluride because that's my happy place. <laughs> I saw one of your pictures of Telluride with that beautiful rainbow. Yes. Oh, so my. oh my goodness. That's I'm a, pretty sure that's going to make it into our promotional material. So those are my, I guess it's three different areas. Flores Weekends, my family, and CC4C. That's great. And is CC for C, is this something that you're, it sounds to me like you're trying to keep it moving forward without you having to, to be there 24 seven. That's right. Uh -huh. That was my goal to get it built because I, I truly want it to be something that um, sustains for generations to come. And we know the needs there. Um, and um, it, it looks like it's it's pretty much in place, so I feel very peaceful now of where it's going, and just excited to watch it flourish. I guess. <laughs> yeah, you know, there's another connection I might uh, uh, bring up here. I mentioned I've been a fan of uh, Make a Wish for a very long time. I started recently participating in actually raising money. And along the way, the universe stepped in and brought me an opportunity to meet um, the founder of Make-A-Wish, Frank Shankwitz. And of course, he built this huge organization and he's transitioned out of it. In fact, he never went into it completely full time. He was a, a law officer the whole time uh, as he was growing this charity. So he might be a really good contact for you to as you're thinking about transitioning yeah. more like what he does he's like a more of an ambassador for the thing rather than doing the day-to-day -day work i continue sounds like yeah like the speaker i love sharing the mission and speaking um yeah. and you know connecting there's different whether it's people interested in different partnerships or, or you know donating on different levels I see that's more of my gift, but not in the day-to-day -day runnings um, mm -hmm. of it. And um, it's interesting because a lot of our children are Make-A-Wish recipients. And mm. I've been wanting to meet him because it's, um, I don't know, I that would be a 
awesome connection, but it is neat because our paths are crossing in the same mission of kids. You know, in a way, yeah. we're making a wish of their, they get to participate in athletics, and it's it's a dream of theirs. Through our program, it's one of the only opportunities a lot of our kids will ever have to be in athletics. Yeah. Um, they're working with a celebrity, so like the Undertaker wrestler or country music star Jack Ingram or Corey Morrow, you know, they're they're with them. They're Mila at our event sang a song that Drew Womack uh, wrote for her and she's singing on stage with him. So there's <laughs> wishes and these dreams happening for them. Um, and then aside from that, you know, Make-A-Wish has stepped in and some of the kids, like one of the kids wanted a tree house and they built him an incredible tree house. He's in a wheelchair. So I don't know. I think um, our, our missions kind of aligned. So it would be really neat to see, meet him and, um, share some, I don't, I don't know, just share some ideas. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a great guy. And uh, again, go back to the power of the universe. He was just getting out of law, his uh, law enforcement. He was retiring and he was trying to figure out what he wants to do next. He was already had long been out of the day-to-day operations of the uh, Make-A-Wish. And um, so he's trying to figure out what, you know, what is a 40-year-old, 40-year career retired uh, detective do next. And he got discovered by a, a guy who coaches people into be, to speaking. And uh, so he's a, he, he's a highly recognized uh, national speaker now. In fact, uh, I think Forbes magazine had him in 2016 as the, the most sought out speaker in America. <laughs> so here's this guy who got completely reinvented you know, and I think he's in his mid sixties and he's having the time of his life. Well, I really want to speak to him because it's so funny. I have so many people reaching out to me now where I am and I've always been speaking on behalf of CC4C, but now I have all these other people reaching out. Would you speak here? Would you be interested in coming and speaking? So mm-hmm. I don't maybe are, I really do need to meet him. <laughs> I'm going to connect you guys. Um, awesome. And then, uh, Next question. It's one of my favorite ones. It kind of lets us peer into your mind a little bit. Are there any books or resources that you'd recommend to our listeners? Well, I don't think it's going to be hard for you to guess which one I'm going to say. <laughs> it's the Bible. It's, I, could have, I could have guessed that one. Yeah, I think you could have guessed. Um, it's true. That Bible sat on my chest of times when my heart was broken. It's the first thing I open when I have... Um, a time of praise. It's what I hold true to before I get on stage to speak. It's what I've held um, close and given to mothers that are broken. It's truth. And, um, you know, there is inspirational stories we can read and, and words from individuals, but there's nothing like the power of the Lord of Jesus Christ. And so any book I recommend is that one because it's the only book that is truly living. That's a beautiful answer. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, final question. What would who would you recommend to be my next guest? Uh, Monica Jolinas. Monica Jolinas. E L I N A S. She um is actually my co-founder in Flourish Weekends, but she her story is she raised quadruplets on her own. 
she's been oh my through. Goodness. Um, she raised quadruplets on her own. She has been through every single trial in life you can possibly imagine. And I'll let you share her share that with you. Um, and now she's, a you know, a speaker and she's written her own books. Um, she's a positive, uh, she's a life coach for women as well as certified in positive psychology. So they have her speaking, you know, to different or from battered women to all, all different types of things, but she, her story is so inspirational. That sounds like it, you know, um, nine years oh, ago, coming her, up. Um, oh, good. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I said, say it again. Get to meet her when you come to Austin. I'll introduce you. Oh, perfect. Perfect. Well, about nine years ago, I, I'm, I hope I'm getting that right. Yeah, nine years ago, I got married on 9909 at 909 in the morning. I'm being very serious. It's my wife's favorite number. <laughs> Anyways, she was a, a widower and a young mom. So she had, a, I think it was, a, the girls were two and four, maybe almost two and four or something like that. And um, I got to tell you, I've always had a lot of respect for women, but I think, um, Women who are raising children on their own, I think it's the toughest, the toughest deal going. And they, they have so much strength and so much courage. And uh, for Monica to do it with quadruplets is kind of amazing. Yes. Yeah. Not too many women you can find have raised quadruplets by themselves. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, Talala, you have been a absolute delight. Thank you so much for your time. And are there any, any final words you want to say to our listeners before we sign off? Mm. Look at every trial in your life and see how you can make it a stepping stone for others. Beautiful. <laughs> so until next time, happy living, happy living listeners. Uh, we are over and out. Thank you for listening to our Something Significant podcast with Talia Frazier. If you liked today's interview, you'll love being a part of the Happy Living community. To join us, just go to www.happyliving.com. Benefits include a free Happy Living book, inspiring blog posts delivered straight to your inbox, and special offers exclusive to Happy Living members. It's all free, so come on in and join our mission to improve the health and well-being of the world, one person at a time.